Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate David's bliss now. After Come on! There is a in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true. It's real. Dinosaur fossils? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. A damn lie. I, I saw them on my own eye. Did I accuse just... Drop sharply while I was away. We did illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not This is mass madness, you maniac. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast. And I will say that this will be the final episode of season one, if you want to call it that. I'm going to take a little little breather. I've got The Witness coming up soon, so I want to prepare for that and kind of put it together the best I can for everybody. So take a little breather from the deep share for a little while. So I'm very happy to end season one with a returning guest, friend of the show, Conspiracy Kyle. Welcome back, man. How you doing? Oh, Andy, I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm glad to help cap off your your first season here, dude. You've had a lot of great guests, so you know, cheers to you, man. You've been doing a lot of great work. So, and I've been I've been glad to get to get to know you over these past over this past year. So, um, keep up the great work, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate the kind words, and yeah, I'm glad that you came on before we and we we've had a we've had some crazy conversations already, you know, in our less than a year relationship here, we've talked about Joseph Campbell deeply, which is one of my favorite topics, of course, and all of your amazing star Wars parallels to the real world are mind blowing. And for anyone who is living under a rock and hasn't heard of conspiracy in the force and Kyle's work, it's uh, it's pretty mind blowing, especially if you're a star Wars fan. And most recently Kyle has put out his first book intergalactic totalitarianism. And it's awesome. And it's a quick read. It doesn't, doesn't consume your life and it's going to get through to so many people. I think that need to hear it, man. I mean, I have so many friends in mind that I want to get some copies for and give them out as presents. Just like, come on, you love Star Wars. Take the bait. <laughs> and that's so kind congratulations, of congratulations, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the goal is to use it kind of as a, as a little bit of candy to kind of get some people into into this kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it's it's obviously not for everybody. Right. Everything isn't for everybody. But I mean, I think we know a lot of people that um, are either into conspiracies or into Star Wars that, you know, you can are, are able to if you're able to get them to blend some of these things together in, in my in my, you know, my opinion, in my experience, you know, using analogies, using stories, using examples, I always feel is a good way to get people to understand there's a lot of parallel events going on in our world that you see a lot of it in Star Wars. And I know we've talked a lot about other franchises too, right? Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. all, all this kind of stuff. They have all these stories that are weaved through them, but the people that created them, they obviously live in our world. So mm -hmm. they're affected um, deeply by the things that we all go through on a daily basis. And I think, you know, we, a lot of people listening to this and Andy, I'm sure you'll agree too that a lot of the truth that 
um, we know about our world is hidden in these movies more so than you see on your nightly news. Um, but you have to look for it. You have to have the eyes and the e eyes to see and in the ears to hear it. Um, and so that's kind of what I did with with Star Wars over this past past two years is like looking into all the things that went on in in these stories and you know the, the original movies you know it's kind of a straightforward right there's a good there's evil good needs to destroy the evil and that's what happens and then the prequels come along and kind of added some nuance to that um that you know some people appreciated some people didn't but you know part of part of what i did with this book is kind of lay out all the events that happened in that prequel era even if people don't really appreciate you know the films themselves because they they, they have they i'm not i'm not naive they have their flaws <laughs> like, <laughs> like like yeah. most like most media does but but the story that was trying to be told with those i think is very important and very deep and and especially in in regards to what's happened in in the in the past what's happening in our in our in our current present what's happening in the future with authoritarianism with totalitarian governments with people that are trying to control huge groups of people you know you see that in star wars you honestly you probably see that in most you would agree you probably see that in most sci-fi um franchises it's, don't you yeah and it's like uh dan anaki and i were talking last night about santa claus and and christmas and how every single christmas movie is about saving christmas so it's yeah these themes are permeated through everything and it's to me my crazy psychedelic view always takes me to that fractal uh nature of reality and how you know you you have people that try to debunk stuff like this and say well yeah sure you can find it in star wars but look you can find it here and here and here too and it's like yeah <laughs> aren't you seeing <laughs> like it's almost as if it's so obvious that people can't see it sometimes and yeah. it almost seems like that would be something that the big bad they would be hyper aware of and right. use that to their advantage i mean it seems like sleight of hand and right. misdirection are a big part of totalitarianism absolutely and you know in, in in the book i write about that a little bit in regards to like the star wars prequel movies because I think when people think about those movies, they think about like, oh, Jar Jar Pinks or this was stupid. The acting was acting was terrible. This and that, and you know, those things can be true. But um, whenever the narrative is shifted around that kind of stuff, people don't realize that the underlying story is about a guy who was a senator, told everybody to do all this stuff to keep them safe, and ended up taking over the galaxy. You know, some of, I think some of that stuff gets a little bit of lost, especially when you have you know lightsaber battles and Jedi and this and that and. And, you know, in, in the book, um, for anybody who hasn't heard, it's called Intergalactic Totalitarianism, Authoritarian Tactics and Traits in a Galaxy Far, Far Away, in a Galaxy Not So Far Away. It's, it's a, little, a little bit wordy, but... Um, I love it. I thought it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, where was I going with that? So, so the, the point is that a, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff you see in there happens in our world. Um, a lot of crises are created. Um, control. It, and I go through this kind of thing I call crisis, consent, and, and control, mm -hmm. which is kind of like your, you know, Hegelian dialectic, you know, problem, reaction, solution. So um, kind of change up, change up the wording on that. But it's the same, but it's the same kind of thing. And, and you see how, how people are blindly following a leader that tells them that, hey, I'm on your side. Listen, the only reason I'm here is to help you. The only reason I'm here is to help you. And, and if people will look back, you know, 20, early 2021, early 2020, you can pick out those quotes. You can pick out those people 
who told us all that kind of stuff. Listen, we're only doing these lockdowns to keep you safe. We're only doing this to keep you safe. We don't have to get into that whole thing, but I think we all know oh, what yeah. we're talking about here. But uh, one of the biggest prem- premises, and I talk about it, I'll, I'll keep going in through it ad nauseum, is that um, we're always told, follow the government. They're, meant, they're here to keep you safe. Just, just trust them. Just trust them. Don't, don't worry about all the, all the questions or, you know, issues you may have with it. Just, just follow along. And, and, you know, just like, you know, sheep to the slaughter in the prequels in the Star Wars prequel trilogy, the galaxy is just led to the slaughterhouse and just, and just wiped out. And people are scratching their heads like, well, what, what, what just happened? You know, it was over so quick. Yeah. And I think now that we're talking about the prequels again, which I actually went back and rewatched after our first talk because I needed to, I had heard you talk about it so many times. I'm like, I have to rewatch these things that I loathed as a teenager, a naive teenager, you know? And uh, it's cool that you, you, you talk about it in the book about how, you know, it's, interesting to see that movies have one layer for children and one layer for adults. And then there's the other layer too, that only people like us see. And it's becoming strange almost how obvious their ploys are and their actions are out there. I saw some clip the other day of uh, CNN posting tweets and the tweet, the, the Twitter names were like, dick and fart jokes like yeah, it was ridiculous yeah. it's it's coming undone at the seams and they know it and they don't care and mm-hmm. it's this obviousness that it really kind of freaks freaks a lot of us out i would say you know yeah. and um let's uh so yeah let's get into it let's talk about the body of work in here about totalitarianism and and how i think you framed it in a fantastic way with the traits and the tactics and the dialectic because all of this encompasses a way to kind of train people in a way to understand their enemy in a way right or and for me i'm reading this and i'm seeing also things you realize about yourself about people in your own life about bad actions and bad thinking that you do because you know a lot of these topics a lot of these traits they're not just reserved for the elite evil people of the world. They're, they're behaviors that are passed down. They're behaviors that are learned and, uh, and just kind of learned over time and ingrained in our heads in everybody's head, not to say that there isn't some kind of controlled group or, or group of controllers, but that it's capable in simply humanity itself to have a lot of these negative experiences and you can see on an individual level these negative traits and tactics not someone that's necessarily running a huge company just bad behavior all around and it's really great how you got into the roots of it all and i applaud sure oh thank you yeah so so the three sections we'll talk a little bit we'll we'll go into detail about about the traits but i kind of broke it down you know like to figure out like how these people are like like uh, Hitler doesn't just wake up one day and realize he wants to take over the world. You know, it, it doesn't happen like that. You know, same with Palpatine in Star Wars. He didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, listen, I'm going to take over the galaxy and do this, going to do that. It's a very long, gradual process. And, you know, there's there's a lot more layers, I, I, I think, than, than even I got into in the book. You know, there's um, when you talk about people that are serial killers or this or that, like they have a lot of fractured brain activity right like a lot of these people have split personalities 
especially, you know, I just thought about this today, you know, when you talk about CIA mind control experiments, trying to like break people's brains into two parts and, and that kind of stuff. Palpatine has a dual personality. Palpatine basically has the multiple personality. And he doesn't see it as a disorder. He sees it as a way to, um, to, to be powerful. But, you know, right. these, these people, you know, at the end of the day, these people are just vastly different, you know, than, than you and me. But yeah, I think your point is well taken that um, some of the tact, the traits that we talk about here, we all have the potential to have these in, in any one way, shape or form. Um, just like in, in Star Wars, you know, the one, the one good thing I'll, I'll say about some of the new Disney Star Wars movies is they kind of bring into the, co the concept of like this gray Jedi, right? You know, the original trilogy is very black and white. There's the good people and there's the bad people. You, you see it on screen, you know, right away. Um, Cause that's the story Lucas wanted to tell. It was just a straight up good versus evil. Like you see it in the coloring, you see it in the, in the actions, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then you, you kind of see Luke Skywalker later on in life is kind of like dipping into these, both of the worlds. Like, listen, like he wants to be a Jedi, but he also realizes that the Jedi are evil uh, have, or, or, or not that evil. They were failed this and that. So he, he, in his own mind can go back and forth between good and evil. And I think, and I think you make a good point that um, we all have the capacity for, for these kind of, traits in, in one way shape or form and, it, and it's good to and it's good to acknowledge that because i think you know acknowledging anything is the first step towards making yourself a better person right like if you're a alcoholic you need to say the words like hey i'm an alcoholic or i'm a drug addict like hey i'm a drug addict right, if you can't right. if you if you can't come to that understanding then you're, you're kind of stuck so you know the, the biggest um trait that i talk about i'll talk about two of two of the five is um narcissism you know yes. and and we, We've talked, I know we've talked about this a little bit before we talked about a pre-show too. Narcissism is, it's everywhere, you know, and there's so many facets or so many components of it. Um, it includes arrogance. It includes things like magical thinking, which, you know, that's a, a kind of a newer phrase to me, magical thinking, but that just basically means that you just have this inflated sense of, of who you are. Right. Um, you know, some quotes from Star Wars, Anakin tells Padme, he's like, listen, like, I, I, I can, I'm, I can save you. I can learn new powers. I can save you. I can do anything I want. He's like, I'm the most powerful person. Um, you know, Palp Palpatine even says, he's like, he's like, I'm the only one who was able to defeat the corruption in the galaxy. This and that. It's like, it's like, you know, but all in ultimate all ultimate hubris, <laughs> ultimate, ultimate hubris. And, and e pretty much everything they say is, is, uh, is a lie. And, it, and it's the exact opposite. And we see that yes. all the time with our politicians. And that's an interesting point right there. That's like one of the, the key points. Um, so there's a narcissist in our lives, my, my personal life. And it's interesting where we see that fractal nature again, this microcosm to the macrocosm where, you know, from the person that's affected by the narcissism has a real opportunity to kind of see themselves in the whole world here because the same tactics that, I see on a, you know, it's interesting to wonder how intentional some of it is on the high levels because right. of how weird narcissism can be. It almost seems like when someone is severely narcissistic, it almost seems like an invading, like parasite has crawled into their consciousness. It's mm -hmm. unbelievable. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought about it on, on that intense level, but not to forgive anyone at the top by any means, but just to throw a whole 
different yeah. angle into it. You know, it may not just be dark magic. It could be yeah. a very auto situation going on, you know, like right. that. And like, you know, in Star Wars, like you, you want to immediately say like, listen, Palpatine, he's using, like you said, he's using dark side magic. That's the way he's doing all this stuff. But it's like that alone, he, he had to want to, to learn how to do that. You know, right. he didn't just, he didn't just wake up from a dream and oh, all of a sudden I can do dark side magic. No, he, he, um, and, and there's actually a book I, I, I downloaded recently called Darth Plagueis, which, um, talks about him and his training and becoming a dark side apprentice. And. Uh, you know, obviously Disney doesn't consider it part of the story anymore, but I don't right. really give a shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, I'm sure it's a great story and it goes in a lot of political stuff, but um, so, so to the point we talked about earlier, you know, we need to recognize these concepts in ourselves, but we also need to recognize them in other people, you know, and not even just totalitarians, yes. but just people we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I know me and you both have had to remove people from our lives that have some of these tendencies because, if it, if it, if the psychopathy gets to a certain level, you can't even interact with somebody that has severe severe narcissism. It, yeah. It's just it's just like it's just like running out of brick wall. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to get wall, anywhere. And the brick wall throws bricks at you. Like yeah. it's unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. And like so. And I and I talk about it briefly in this book. I don't get into all all of these, but there's a great book that I'm going to read. It was called um, "The Seven Deadly Sins of Narcissism." Came out in the in the early 2000s and the author, she, she, she pulls out seven traits and we can kind of touch on these, some of these briefly yeah, sure. of, of how narcissism works or like, you know, sub traits within that. So there's um, shamelessness, magical thinking, which we talked about a little bit, arrogance, which is pretty self-explanatory, envy, entitlement, exploitation, and bad boundaries. Um, of those, you know, I, I go right to like the entitlement. You know, we see we see that look at every single politician, you know, and even like people in your, in your everyday lives, you know, um, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. I look at a lot of people that are in their younger 20s. They have a lot of and, and not I'm not saying every single person, but a lot of people believe that they are entitled to the world just yeah. by being here um, and in that, you know, in that can cause all kinds of all kinds of problems. Um, exploitation. I mean exploiting other people for your for, for your benefit to make yourself feel better pushing other people down to make yourself feel better we all we all knew that bully in school right that mm -hmm. would would pick on you but they did that because their life sucked and they had they had to put somebody else down to to make themselves feel better which probably at the end of the day didn't even didn't even work so right. um a lot of, yeah a lot so of they have to keep doing it over yeah. and over again i mean yeah yep yep and like envy, envy, like, like, especially right now, people that aren't going along with the narrative, the people that are in charge, they wish that, that they could have the kind of freedom that, that's, that some of us have that aren't willing to, to play ball with some of this stuff. They, they wish they could have some of this freedom, but, but they're kind of too far in, right? They're, the hooks are too far in them. They're, they're, they've been blackmailed too far. They've, they've gone too far. They've put everything they they put their pot in the, in the middle or you know poker analogy whatever they put it all they're all in okay yes. they can't turn back so like they 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 in, implicitly hate all those other people and right. they're willing to do anything they can to, to hurt them and harm them absolutely the the they use the past against everyone else it's it's an externalization of every it's a projection and yeah it's it's it, per, it literally permeates everything because th these you can't 
reason with people like that at all. And so that's, it comes full circle to when we always tell people like, you can't fix a broken system with the broken system. And, you know, we keep voting, we keep just playing the program over and over again. It's, it's unbelievable. And not a lot of people that I've ever been in contact with really know narcissism on that level and how, how, like all encompassing it is. It's really a a phenomenon of humanity for sure. It feels like a a brain worm. Yeah. And I mean, the government itself, like not even a specific person, you know, that is narcissism. It it thinks, it thinks that it is so important. It thinks that it thinks that all of us need them. And then whenever, whenever they realize that, that, you know, a contingent of us don't need them, their brains are completely broken and they, they go into, you know, Hulk mode. And get, exactly. so, and get so pissed because they cannot understand why we would not want to play ball w- with them because in their, in their minds, in their fractured minds, like we've been saying, they, th- they think everything that they're doing is right. I, and that's part of it as well. Uh, a, a, a part of it, you know, I think there's probably a delineation between, I guess, true evil right. and people who are doing things that they, in their mind, think are right. You know, just like everybody that went along with, with the Nazi party. Uh, right. In their minds, based on their propaganda, they've been they've been fed. They thought they were doing what was right, and it was obviously, um, you know, not at all. So there's kind of there's 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 so many layers to that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. So let's get into some of the tactics that totalitarianism is known for because they are so obvious. And once you look into history, it's just, again, you see it repeating over and over and over again. We always reference the forties, but you can just keep on turning the timetables back further and further. And it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the biggest ones, you know, is, is, you know, gun control, try to find ways to take people's firearms away, you know, going back to, like you said, go back a long time, you know, um, Chinese communist leader, Mao Zedong, he says, you know, you, you, you take the people's guns away before the massacre, you know, or, or maybe that was maybe I may be confusing that with Stalin. But 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 anyways, it's it's they, they try to find a way to, to take the guns away. But they obviously um, pose that as, listen, really dangerous people have guns. OK, so we need to get the guns away from the dangerous people. But but honestly, the the percentage of of, of people that, you know, use firearms illegally are going to continue to use firearms illegally and this kind of stuff doesn't affect them. So you never see any of these measures really making a difference. Um, It's more or less taking in, you know, um, Charlie Robinson, who, you know, all of us know he's great, great. I call him the conspiracy Yoda. Um, Shout out to Charlie, Charlie, you know, he wrote the forward for my book. So, you know, big, big shout out to him. You know, it was, it was honestly like when I went on his show last year that I kind of started going down the process of, of, of writing, of getting this, in, in a kind of frame of context. So that's great. a big, big shout out to him. But, you know, one thing he always says is that when it comes to gun control and like, he's not really even a big gun control gun, gun not himself, but he just knows the, the psyop of that. He's like, they want to take guns away when, the, before they're about to do something that you would want to kill them for, you know, exactly. because um, just like we've been saying this whole time, they do all the things to, to keep you safe. But then when you're backed into a corner, you know, what are you going to do? I, I make the analogy of, you know, if a, if, if a burglar comes up to you and says, Hey, give me your guns, give me your money. Oh, okay. Yeah, here you go. Well, guess what? Just because they have all that stuff, they can still do whatever they want. That doesn't change anything just because you complied 
it doesn't change the, the scenario at all. They could still shoot you. They could still kick you in the head. It, it, it doesn't matter. So, you know, gun, con- gun control is a big one. Um, you know, enlisting people, you know, whether it's useful idiots, right? You, all, the, all, the, all the possibly fake people on, on Twitter we see that are parroting the same things over and over. You know, there's, the, right. there, there's those kind of people who are just meant to toe the party line. Um, and then there's, you know, obviously like mil- military contingent as well, because you can't just, you can't just run, run through, um, just like, like Palpatine, he had to, he had to get this clone army up and running, um, and pro literally program them, you know? And I think you can kind of see that, um, how that works, you know, with our military, you know, they are programmed to, and I, and just, yeah, me, I you love- can even call them clones, uh, you know, yeah. because of how militant they have to be and, and just follow orders, the brown shirts mm-hmm. and everything. It's interesting too, Absolutely. when you think about how the the metaphor kind of twists right in on itself too, because now we have AI and yeah. now Boston Robotics is freaking me out like constantly, yeah. you know? So ooh, how literal, <laughs> how literal was George being? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, cl- clones, you know, they all had that kill switch in them and, you know, Palpatine, flipped a switch and they all did what they were supposed to do. Right. And, you know, that was a very, I think it was a very intentional thing that, that he, that he said there. And I think, you know, and obviously this isn't the area I've studied too much, but going back to kind of CIA, you know, brain manipulation, things like that, there's, there's even things I think in that where they could say a word and they would, you know, people was, would, would be this personality or do, or this, or right. Manchurian candidates, Manchurian candidate, cause them to yeah. go kill. So that kind of stuff is, is very, um, very creepy and very, very scary um, in, in how that will play out. Have you seen some of those creepy videos all over Instagram of like some of the celebrities like freezing in time or like yeah. pop- popping weird faces for like a minute straight on camera? And yeah. It's like, all right, fine. If they're not like, you know, secret murder weapons maybe they're fucking with us or something, but yeah, something right, is right. happening on like, like Hillary, Hillary was like bobbing all like, like, yeah. What, or, or like there's one of Shaq just like, yes. Pulling yes a dumb he, face. And it's really the, creepy, man. They're doing like the NBA halftime show. And he's just like, and then yeah. he just kind of, and there's like a Beyonce one where she's like on stage, like trolling around. But then like, when you slow it down, you, you almost see like a demon face. Like it's really scary God. to actually look at because that, that one is probably very, very close to, to reality. <laughs> You know, yeah, um, even if it's just us seeing it, you know, it's our insight, <laughs> seeing what's yeah. really going on. Right. All connected, and, you know, obviously. and brainwashing, you know, that's kind of part of all of this. It's, yeah, it's, pop it's culture. It, brainwashing us through, through pop culture, both adults and children, you know, because if, if somebody wants to be an authoritarian, they know that they need to get the younger generation in line too, because um, they need somebody to step up when, when that time comes, um, you know, look no farther than like 1984, right? You know, mm-hmm. at, at that point, like these kids were spies and the parents were scared of them, you know, because yeah, so they were sad. scared. To, they were scared to think the wrong thing. And I mean, that's talk about how close we are to that. Like we said, with AI and that kind of stuff and, yeah, and kids, no kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's another aspect. And obviously, you know, genocide is really where the, that's really the tipping point, you know, um, for them to, where a lot of that, a lot of that kind of stuff leads to, you know, the gun control leads, leads right into that, you know, the, 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 the genocide stuff, it's, it's horrible and it's brutal and it's, and it's disgusting. And there's, it's, it's done for, you know, so many, so many different reasons. It's been done so many reasons over, 
over religion and, you know, whatever could happen in, in, in the future. But it's, you know, it's done for like eugenics purposes too, right? I mean, people, right. they want to wipe out, you know, here's, here's the people from East, blah, blah, blah. And here's the people from West bubble. Like we hate those people. So we get rid of them. Now we just have our pure, our pure race, right? That's what we have now. And, and it's, it's, it's disgusting when, when people get to that point, but you know, that's why I talk about brainwashing leading up to that stuff, because when those kind of things happen, uh, the, the, the people that are exterminated are seen as criminals mm-hmm. and they're, they're, or they're seen as less than human. Um, obviously the, 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 you know, the world war two stuff, we all, we all know about how all, how all that went down, but you know, it, it's really no different than right now. People who didn't get the, the, you know, what, you know, are, are right. viewed as, as, as non non-citizens. I mean, Justin Trudeau, I think you posted this earlier, Justin Trudeau was just saying something recently that they're not really part of the society in, in the, uh, uh, president of France has said something recently to that effect too, that people who yeah, haven't been, should following... we tolerate these people? Ex- exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and I go into in detail in the book, I won't go into it too much here, but there's this whole thing that this guy lays out, uh, laid out. He was a former um, government official about the, the 10 stages of genocide. Yes. And you see how this stuff plays out. So no different than we talk about how a totalitarian regime is played out. There's all these sub things within there. So, the genocide, it rolls out, like the, the, the propaganda happens and it dehumanizes people and then they start preparing stuff and then it happens. And then the very last stage, which is the most frightening stage of this 10 stages of genocide after the genocide happens is denial. They right. deny that anything even happened. And um, that's happened so many times in, in history. Um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite bands, System of a Down, They've always talked about the Armenian genocide, which occurred right in like the early 1900s, which was suppressed and repressed uh, all the knowledge, all the history for many, many years um, because the people that did it just would not take responsibility for it. And, you know, the people that put in the history books would not put that stuff in there. So it's you you see that's that's the most uh, terrifying thing to me is 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 the denial of it, the denial of atrocities. Absolutely. Yeah. And what becomes of, and and that's the thing that's a, you know, it seems like history is cyclical and um, we seem to all be already set up very vulnerably to be picked apart. And it's almost as if maybe it's our deep memory of the last time we were broken like this or something mm-hmm. you know the, right. the leftovers of us after all was revealed and you know all was apparent those that had to live with themselves or live with their lives and yeah that horrible mentality passing yeah. down through generations and yeah we talked about it. we you know before the show you and i were briefly touching on how narcissism is something that can get passed down generationally and you know you see it on the family level you see it on in groups but man when it comes to these elites that are you know nepotism is the name of the game already for fucking centuries it's like Mm -hmm. that is the most severe potent form of it that you can imagine and it just comes together in the worst storm and you know too like in it's and it's on on the flip side you know there's like like we're saying those those terrible tendencies, those terrible traits get passed on for generation. You know, uh, one other terrible thing that happens too is that there's always a contingent of people who could have done something, but they didn't, or they did something too late, you know, and at the end of 
you know, the prequel trilogy, Revenge of the Sith, you know, both Obi-Wan and Yoda were basically looking at each other, scratching their heads like, like, what the hell happened? Like, they didn't realize anything that was going on, that that Palpatine was manipulating even them this entire time. And then, you know, they both basically, you know, went into isolation, went into exile for 20 years, you know, and just contemplating on, you know, what went wrong and what they could have done better. And, you know, as we know, you know, things do do turn out better in the end. But, you know, at, at that moment, you know, they had to be telling themselves like, damn, we trust we trusted the government. We trusted our leaders. We did everything we were supposed to do. And then we even but but we were we were too late. We were focused on we were focused on the wrong thing. They were they were led astray. They were focused on a war that right. was all manipulated by the by the Palpatine. And they spent so much of their time focusing on that war. They didn't spend any time um, intro, doing introspection, doing meditation, things that Jedi, things that monks are are supposed to do. Yeah, you just um, took the thought right out of my head, man. It's like, man, they go, they they undo their own vows of, you know, the Jedi Order almost. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and that and was... That's what they do, don't they? They get us to act like them. Yes. You know, I was just talking to my wife upstairs about when Gaddafi fell, when Muammar Gaddafi was given over to the people. At least, I mean, hey, it's been a long time. I don't know how manipulated that story was. You know, who knows? We're saying he was evil. Right. When the when the U.S. government says that about other leaders, I guess you kind of have to wonder what's really going on. But whatever the the face on the 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 front facing story of Gaddafi when they handed him over and the people basically just ripped him to shreds and let him get you know they were raping him all kinds of horrible things. And that was like the biggest sorrow for me in that moment when I saw that on the news back then, because I was like, they've become exactly yeah. as he has raised them to be. Yes. And man, if that's not cyclical as well. And yeah. we're talking about that lasting scar and perhaps that too, maybe even what a lot of people in our community, even you, even me are feeling this kind of negative, this rage, this anger towards the that part of our society that's doing this or the ones that are manipulating them what if our wrath and our rage is also part of that carrying scar that creates those generational curses too right right it's a whole conversation about like your energy you're you're loose right you're yeah. you're you're expending you can expend it however you want right like we all have, a, have an internal budget of our own energy that we can yeah. spend on anything and you know it, Sometimes it's fun to laugh and yell and cry and whatever about some of this stuff, but it's like, you're right. At the end of the day, is that energy just being harnessed uh, against us? Should we just being, should we just rather be spending time, you know, setting up a parallel community or something, or just focusing on our friends, our family, you know, things we like to do music, you know, our, our podcast, all this kind of stuff. There's so, and I think we all go, go down that, down that rabbit hole, but I think it's, um, it's a balancing act. We all have to play in that when you start to kind of see yourself going there, like, listen, I just need to cut my disconnect for a little bit here. You know, the, the, me being on Twitter is scrolling through 35 more posts. It's not going to, there's, there's, there's not going to be a positive aspect of that. Even if I learn something really new, it's probably something really terrible. Yeah. Know, also. <laughs> so, so maybe, at the, maybe not when I go take a walk instead, mm. you know? So I think it's all about, harnessing that energy and, um, and focusing, and, you know, the Jedi did not do that. It was a hundred percent focused on, you know, basically statism, right. They just, they just, they just did everything the government told them to do. 
and yeah. you know the government was being run by by Satan, but he was, he was being run by Lucifer. And right. you know they they realized it too late, but at that point it was it was it, it was it was pointless. So it's it's and that's kind of you know kind of the point of the book is you know there's there's these there's these signs there's these signs there's these little warnings that you can kind of see whenever you hear leaders saying stuff. Right. Um, you know, the simplest one is hey, I'm trying to we need we we, we want to keep you safe like you need to do something to keep yourself safe. Like you're not doing the right thing. And it's like, it's like, wait a second. I, I am just because you're telling me there's something I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not, that doesn't change. That shouldn't change my life. And unfortunately, so that it's, 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 it's nailed into us so, so much on and on and on throughout um, pop culture, throughout, throughout, you know, um, TV, mainstream, all that kind of stuff. And to a certain point, it just, be, people just, it, they just internalize that and they, and they pared it back out. And that's just kind of how they are and, and how they live. And it's, it's kind of sad. It's a denial of nature on all levels, right? Because uh, you know, what you're talking about here is kind of like a natural law kind of theme. And that's something that has been just removed from our dialect. It's been removed from our culture. Uh, it's one of the most banned topics or warned about topics on YouTube that I've seen in recent years since I've been getting into it. So many, not, I mean, you could find plenty of videos on, on it natural law on YouTube, but I think some of the heavier hitters, the people that are really digging in deep and they know all the right wording to really express what we need to know in the right way are getting super censored. Like I'll yeah. bring up this guy, shameless plug, uh, this guy, Mark Passio. Um, if you haven't heard him, everybody should go check out his work. Um, I'd like to get him on the show at some point because he has a lot of work on, on natural law and it's, it's removed and banned and shadow banned and all that stuff. And it's the thing is we've, we've been divorced from it for so long. We just don't know what it is and, and we can even find it silly, but it's just an unwritten form of human behavior that is undeniable. And what totalitarianism seems to me is that it's just, as always, it's a denial of that nature and they deny it on every level they possibly can, you know? Right, right. And even, you know, just the word itself, nature, you know, um, one thing I always think about in Star Wars is that you see a sharp contrast between societies that live focused on nature and the world and, and in the, that surroundings versus like this technological monster. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many examples, like look at the Ewoks, the original Star Wars, right? Kind of this rudimentary kind of society but them all banding together is able to do great things and topple these giant machines that come into their, their village. And then look back at episode one, you know, um, sorry, I'm going to mention Jar Jar. With the Gungans. Favorite. Yeah. The, the Gungans, they, they, they take out the, the, the droid army. And then you see the Wookiees do it again in, in episode three. And then um, I started watching this new Boba Fett series. And now, you know, spoiler alert for anybody. It's not, not really a spoiler, but, He's he's living amongst like the sand people and they're mm, yeah. trying to trying to take out some of these technological things in the area because like I think they have a hatred of technology. I, I don't know what the story is, but like they're us. Yeah, they're 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 us. But um, a lot of these <laughs> but a lot of these a lot of these stories, I think, are very important because they end up um, it's kind of a hopeful story of you know, using, using nature, using things that are natural, right. Using, you know, when we talk about natural, natural law, natural elements, all this kind of stuff against these things that are in essence, unnatural, whether it's 
an un unnatural law, whether it's an unnatural machine, right? They, these things were not organically created. You right. know, these things are are really um, a slap in the face of kind of how things were were created. So I, I think in, in Star Wars, that's kind of an, an important important thing on, on a very symbolic level, not just on a kind of a war slash rebellion kind of level, but just just that that side um, is is a lot of times ultimately victorious over that unnaturalness. Yeah, I like the way you put that. It's interesting too. I I honestly never really zoned in on this. The fact that they the Empire does not seem to, at least in the movies, have a home planet. There is no home right. because there's no sentiment left. Yeah. It's gone. Just be mobile, be more efficient, you know, yeah. be automated. It's it's exactly yeah. where we're headed to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they have they have their they have their Death Star. I mean, they have right. their home away home. from home. <laughs> they have their they have that capital city, but that's not really. Oh, okay. Where is that? But, Where's the capital city? Uh, Coruscant. So, like, they basically. Coruscant, right. I think some of the story goes that like they destroyed the Jedi Temple and probably built like a Sith shrine or, or something there okay. in it, in its stead or something. But but that's but it was it wasn't really like their their home. But you're right. Like you see the they're Death everywhere. Star. They're everywhere. Even right. in um even in like the, the, the Disney movies, right? Like they're just, they're, they're out these, they're all these like space hobos basically, but they got these humongous, <laughs> these humongous ass spaceships, but it's like, it's like a floating city. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a motorcycle gang, but way more right. intense. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like they, they have so much power, but like they also have no emotional kind of center. You know, right. I think that's kind of a very, and it kind of goes back to the, the tactics. And, you know, one thing I, I don't talk about in the book, but I just kind of thought of is, um, there's an animated series called Star Wars Rebels, which it took place a few years before like the original movie. So it's as the rebels are kind of trying to build up. And there was an episode where um, a rebel spy and an Imperial officer are both stranded on this like moon. Right. And they both, so they, so it's kind of like that story. It's like, Oh, they're enemies, but they have to kind of work together to kind of get out of the situation. And sure enough, they do. But at the end of the day, the rebel goes back to his team and everybody's giving him hugs and high fives and this and that. And, the, and it's kind of giving me chills. It's kind of sad. The Imperial officer goes back to his base and just goes, sits in his room. Like nobody, he has, he gets no thanks. He gets no credit. He gets, there's nothing. There's just a coldness mm -hmm. about it. And I think, I think that's very important because I think a lot of people think that aligning with these governments, aligning with these totalitarian, it's, it's, it's like a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's like you're part of a family, but they don't see you as part of a family. They just see you as a tool that once that tool gets bent or once we have a better tool, you're going in the garbage. It, it's a very, very important point that nobody ever learns. And we can talk about it to death, but the people that are aligning themselves with that, they will never, they will never learn. They're already too far in. They will never learn until it's too late, until they're rounded up and whatever. You know, it's it's very, it's very, it's very sad. But at the same time, we all make choices in life. And if you make bad choices, you're going to have to pay the consequences for those. Right. I would say that um, I know some people that are, are on the fence right now and, and maybe it is still too late ultimately or something. I, I don't like to think that way necessarily yeah. yet, but um, you know, they're coming into the the game quite friggin' late, obviously. Yeah. But um, for people like that that are kind of still on the fence, why don't we get into some of the Star Warsian dialectic and how it relates and parallels to a lot of the totalitarian 
terminology and, and things like sure. that. Yeah, sure. So, um, so I kind of created this kind of three-step process. And, and like we said uh, at, at the top, it's, it's very similar to what we always talk about, the problem, reaction, solution, right? You know, the, mm. a, a problem is, is created by the people in, in power. It, it brings, it, it elicits a reaction, um, things, something needs to change, something needs to happen. Um, and then they had, and they provide a solution, but you know, all those times, the solution they wanted, they wanted at the beginning. So they kind of create a fictitious problem. So when I think about star Wars, um, Palpatine does the same thing in, in the prequels, you know, he creates these problems, but as I was reading through the novels and watching the movies, they keep using the word crisis. You know, this is a crisis. This is a crisis. There's a, the Naboo crisis. There's a crisis with this separatist army attack. So like, I'm like, why don't we put the word crisis there instead of problem? Because I think problem, I think it, 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 it does what you need it to do. But when you have the word crisis, I think that, uh, that it ratchets it way, way the fuck up. It, um, you know, the, the, the COVID crisis, the nine 11 crisis, all these are, these are all encompassing crises that affect nearly everybody, you know? Um, so, so it, there's always a crisis that, that happens. And, you know, I'll, I'll just use, I'll just use one example. It's from, um, you know, the uh, the Phantom Menace, the the first movie in the Star Wars in the prequel trilogy. You know, there's a, a tr- uh, there's some trade there's a trade dispute. The people um, are this trade federation is blockading the planet of Naboo. There's a war starting to happen. So you know that's a huge crisis. You know, there's there's people they're invading this planet. All these. The people are being rounded up. There's, there's going to be war. This and that. People are going to be dying, etc. So that's a crisis. That's a crisis. Right. Um, and then you get to kind of the second phase, which you know, in the problem, re- it's reaction. And you know, there's always a reaction because you know, you say, "Oh my God, something needs to happen." So mm-hmm. instead of the word reaction, I wanted to make it something more, um, more like a verb, like like something that's being done, like okay. something is ha- something is specifically happening. So. If we use the word uh, consent in there, so now we have crisis and we have consent mm-hmm. because consent is, yes. is consent is key. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons where we are in in the in the past two years COVID crisis is because right. everybody has consented to doing X, Y, or Z. We, we Which all is know always all... the reaction. The reaction is yes. the consent. Yes, whatever yes. the consent looks like, it's always that. Okay. Yes. Like so, that. Yeah. so so. So, you know, people have given consent for this and that. And in, 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 um, in Star Wars, you know, the consent that needed to happen was that the, the senators um, had to realize, ha- had to be made to realize that their current leader wasn't doing anything about this crisis. Right. You know, he was too bogged down in, in bureaucracy. There's probably some, you know, shady dealings going on there. So they gave the consent to... Um, put in put in an order for um, a vote of no confidence against this leader. Okay, so they say, listen, we we all agree, um, and of course Palpatine made people made people to agree. We all agree that you know we consent. Something needs to change. Okay, and then you get to the third phase, which you know problem, reaction, solution. In this one, we're calling it um, crisis, consent, and control. You know the solution. It always is about control anyway. It's always so control. <laughs> it's always about control. So the, the control in this is that, you know, Palpatine manipulated this crisis from the start. You know, if you if anybody listening, go back and watch those movies. He manipulated both sides of this, this event to happen. Um, 
from the from the trade dispute and then from the other side. So he manipulated all that to happen. He caused the consent to to, to for people to want to get that leader out, and then he gains control. You know, and then you see you basically see this process repeated in each of those prequel movies in in a in a one way, shape, or form, and even in some animated stuff, which I talk about too. So it's um and, and it's a rollout I think we can all understand and and, and see how that 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 happens. Um, you know, obviously, like like we said a little bit about the COVID stuff, not to get too crazy because we've all talked this talked this shit to death. <laughs> but you know, the, the the COVID crisis, right? There's a crisis, there's a disease, blah, blah, blah. You know, we all consent. Okay, now we'll we'll lock down. Now we'll wear masks. Now we'll do this. Now we'll do that. And then ultimately, the, the government now knows they can have more control. If this is the end game for them, I don't know. But at, at least part of their science project was to find out how you know what contingent of people were willing to consent. You know, for for this big giant um, thing here. And then and then the control right now they want to. Um, probably do track and trace stuff, more surveillance, more vaccine passports, this and that. A- any in a- any and all ways to control people even more is is where it is and where it's heading to. Yeah. Yeah. That's um <clears throat> it always it always ends there with control. And it it is interesting about the end game aspect because I think everyone who says they hate us, they hate you they're pretty spot on about that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they want to deal with us as much as, as they have. To. They, they don't want to deal with us any more than they absolutely have to. You know what I mean? So I, I'm very curious about like, yeah, they want to know where we are at all times. I get that. Like the whole having everyone on lock and key and, and making more money for themselves. It, it's weird to know that they clearly have a lot more wisdom about the situation on earth than us peasants do, right? Because they're locked into the control mechanism. Yet they want to continue to run the jail. It's very weird. I don't know if you think about that often, but it gets me hung up quite often. And that leads yeah. me into all sorts of fantastical ridiculousness, <clears throat> like the 13 families and the bloodlines and how far back this goes. And why would someone give a shit about a thousand years from now just because of their lineage? I, right. Uh, maybe a few guys <clears throat> here and there, but it's creepy how yeah. deep rooted it goes. And I'm not sure if there's any... <laughs> parallels probably more in the novels than than the movies itself but is that a possible parallel that i'm unaware of in star wars do they does george ever dig into like like some parallels with like deeper conspiracies or anything about like how far back or is it just start with palpatine does that kind of represent that aspect yeah i think it just i think it just kind of represents that that aspect you know i, I know for him Excuse me, you know, for him, it all it all goes back to like World War Two. You know, he was a huge World War Two buff, mm-hmm. you know, so okay. so that's really where hit a lot of his stuff, even even, you know, the tertiary stuff, like how the planes were flying and this and that, you know, he, he studied all that kind of stuff. And but then he kind of knew how, you know, the, the rise of of Hitler and all that. But I think, you know, um, one thing I will say to what to your point just there is why they want to keep doing this. Mm. Um is it? I, mean, I wouldn't want to. My God, no. that seems like a lot of annoying responsibility. Yeah, from a sociopathic point of view. <laughs> and it's almost just—is it just—is it just a gigantic game to them? Do they like just 
do they like torturing people? I mean, we know they like torturing people and we don't have to get in all that kind of stuff, but we know they, they like, they like torture mm. and, you know, they love that. I know I see you have that King kill 33 back there. You know, they love the revelation of the method, right? right? They love, they, they love that they can slowly put this stuff out into the ether for us to see knowing damn well, what's going to happen and us not really being able to stop it to a certain extent. I think mm. they, they love that, that kind of stuff. It's like, I think about that. I don't know if you ever saw that horror movie of um, it was this guy in Australia where he would capture people and then he would let them free. And then he'd just be hunting them like with his sniper rifle like this. Do they have that kind of sick, psychotic mentality that they want a dangerous game? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, is that the only way like for them to get off? Right. Was that's that's the only thing that 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 gets them to a level. Right. Because they've they've done everything else under the sun that let's just play with humanity at this point. And it's, it's, we'll never be able to really understand that kind of thinking, but you know, that could be part of it, but you're right. I mean, it, it's either that or they're, they are more incompetent than we think. You know, I think maybe that we give them too much credit sometimes because if they really wanted, wanted to do this right, they probably could have years ago and right. they, and they, ne- and they never did. So perhaps it's, either, it's just it, the force ghost and the machine running things. And it's really not the individuals, you know, it's the Hydra metaphor, cut one head right. off 10 grow back or three grow back or whatever it is, because it's really not the human, the individual that's doing this. It's back to that narcissism thing. It almost feels like some kind of possession on humanity. It's yeah. very bizarre. Have you ever heard of um, George Lucas's first movie called THX 1138? Yeah, and it's been way too long since I've seen it, and it's a. Gr- I wrote. I do remember it being grueling because it was slower. Yeah. It was his first film, but but the messaging, I yeah. I was too young to really pick up on it. But I've looked back on that many times ago. I got to rewatch that. That's yeah. got to be one. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's one where it's um, it's like a totalitarian government, but like you never really even see who's in control. You know, and, and there was kind of a weird, um, you know, and, and there's just constant messages just being pumped into all the public arenas. Right. You know, like like, listen, make sure you do this. Buy more economy. Like all these just catchphrases. And it's mm. kind of silly when you hear like it, they but, live. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just like, like they live or it's like when you walk into like a CVS, it's the same. It's the same damn thing. You hear these things being pumped, like make sure you stay six feet away. Make sure you follow the line. I'm like. Am I living vaccinated in this, here? Yeah. Am I living in this freaking freaking movie? But like, you know, one w- w- weird thing about that, that movie, and I definitely encourage anybody to check that out. You know, that kind of got Lucas down this um, totalitarianism um, topic is that one shot throughout the movie, and it cannot be coincidental, is that it shows this huge circuit board of all this stuff of all the, you know, it, it's probably programming all these messages being shot out there, but on this circuit board, on these wires, is sitting a lizard and I'm, I, I saw that and I paused and I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a second. That's either just him just being weird or him trying to say to your point, like it's, is maybe, is there something more? Is there another force going on here that he's just trying to like, like, like nudge us with, or is he, <laughs> or is he just telling, telling a joke? But I think it, it's kind of, it was for, to me, it was almost kind of like a wizard of Oz kind of moment. Like, is this whatever this is supposed to be? 
is this the one really, really running the, running the stuff? You, right. you don't know. It's, it's left ambiguous, which I kind of like about movies sometimes. Yeah, this parallels something I, I heard recently. And even though I don't like the source from where I heard it, and I won't mention the name, but it was a government official involved in the, the UAP, um, you know, ridiculousness mm-hmm. that's been going on for mm-hmm. so long. But God, he said, I'll, I'll paraphrase that, you know, the, they compartmentalize the information and they they do mini disclosures because if you were to ever see what's really going on behind behind the closed doors and what the what the you the phenomenon really is all about your brains would melt into pieces it's not yeah. just that we'd have pandemonium on the planet because there'd be aliens it is so bizarre and and honestly, I, I again, I don't like the source because I think they spin a good game. The, that's all they're ever doing. But that's always been my yeah. take too. Like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. We're imagining gray aliens and reptilians and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the whole, I mean, this is to go on off on a completely different tail, tear, but I kind of feel like at least the aliens that they're trying to sell us on is all a big psyop for something yep. so fucking bizarre that yeah, oh, yeah they probably can't tell us not yeah. for our safety though not because our brains would melt and they would feel bad for some other reason i don't know i don't know man yeah. it's there's yeah, there's, something a, there's a reason there's a, there's a reason we think that these little they're these little green guys they're the reason we think they're et you know because it's just they have to give us this kind of comedic little funny funny right. thing to, to make it seem so silly and so ridiculous that or even like bigfoot like anytime you bring that stuff up like oh you're just a crazy person it's like well no right. we've been programmed to think that anybody who believes in that stuff is a crazy person or they just watch too many movies but there's something deeper going on and you know even in a star actually a star wars parallel to that is that um the jedi kind of start to get wind of what palpatine's doing um ab- like with these clones that he has right they, they started to figure out that how these clones were created is kind of not um, what it was not, not the way it was meant to happen. And Yoda basically says kind of what you just said right there with what the government official says, like, listen, we can't let this stuff get out into the public because then if people don't, if people are um, uh, uncomfortable or, or unsure about how these clones were created, then they're not going to, you know, trust them going forward. and and all kinds of other stuff and they're not going to trust us because we're the ones who went along with this the whole time so that was kind of part of their self-manipulation into hubris to their own part part. they were the the fog of the fog of war the fog of the dark side it kind of started started bringing them down and that was palpatine's whole plan was like just destroy these guys from the inside out but because because they had those kind of fears because of what the public would think if that stuff came out Mm-hmm. And man, I mean, you know me, I love the the religion and the spiritual side of it. And this is every nemesis, every, every Satan, uh, they're all like this. They have all this same totalitarian quality. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I often cite that, that Satan sounds a lot like system and they share all the same qualities. So, you know, th- this going back to Star Wars, bringing it back to Star Wars, man, what do you think? Do you think uh, I kind of asked you a similar question at the end of our last talk, but I'll ask it to you again in a different way. Do you think movies in general that have all this quote unquote predictive programming in it? Do you think 
we are even understanding predictive programming efficiently? Or do you think there's a piece of it that's still missing because of all of our unknowns? For what I'm getting at is, are the movies giving us solutions or are they programming us into slavery in your opinion? Right. Right. So you think it could be a little bit of both. I just want your opinion on that. Yeah. So, so is it kind of that um, revelation of the method, right? It's like, we're, we're telling you what's going to happen and there's no damn way you're gonna be able to stop it. Or this is a way to, for it to, to be, to be changed, to be fixed. Yeah. I think, I think they're partially true, but I think that, when they when they give us like the hope like i think we may have touched on this a little bit last time but i think it's worth going over again but one of the big keys of star wars is hope and you know i think hope is eternal hope is is forever hope is very 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 important i don't want to i don't want to lose that out from from what i'm about to say but i think when they tell us about hope in movies i think they're telling us that hey you can you can do anything you can fight back you can do this you can do that you can be anything you want you can be Luke Skywalker, you can do this. And, and I think, and mind you, I think that's a great thing to think. And I think that's, it's, it's great for us to um, do, do what we're doing, right. Fighting back against this and that, but it's like, at the same time, do they know that in the, in the real world that, you know, I guess I'll quote Star Trek, you know, resistance is futile. I was just going to say, you, it's you, know? Futile. <laughs> you know, like, do they, do they kind of know that in like, look at something else, like, you know, the hunger games or, anything else where there's like a rebellion that's brewing that they're fighting back. It's, it's a great concept, but, but how does that work in actuality? You know, going back to your point about, you know, the Gaddafi thing, um, a lot, a lot of rebellions, I think throughout history just end up becoming the thing that they were fighting against. Right, um, right. You know, they, they, they end up as, as, as terrible as that. So, so I think, I think that's part of it. I mean, I think, I think there also is some legitimate hope that, that they are trying to show and also just to give people a little bit of um, breathe a breather outside of their real lives for a few minutes. I think that's very important. Um, but, but also I think that, I think they are giving us some truths, but they're giving us, you know, 130 out of the thousand piece puzzle that we're, 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 we're intentionally never going to be able to, to kind of figure out. Um, I mean, I think, I think we all have, the thoughts and ideas about how, how some of this stuff works and what they're trying to, to tell us with, with this. But it's, it's, I don't think j- just based on pure time, I don't think any of us are going to be able to, <laughs> to, to ingest all that knowledge, you know, right. just because of the time, the time we're given um, to, to know that kind of stuff. But I think, I, I think there's, and I think there's some, I, I will give, give credit that some of it may be unintentional too. You know, I think there's always an aspect. I think, you know, sometimes the simplest dance, the simplest explanation is the simplest thing. It's that, you know, some of these things are, are in there because, you know, George Lucas thought it was a cool idea or this right. and that. I, I, I wouldn't think I don't think every single thing is a, a psyop or, or, or this and that. And, right. you know, when, when psyop with Star Wars in general and most sci fi is that, you know, working side by side with robots. Right. Like exactly. that's kind of that's kind of the future. And, and but that's. But that's true. I mean, that's that's an actual thing that's that was happening then. That's happening more and more now, too. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at, like predictive programming. It's a fine line between like how much is everyone is all parts of our of consciousness on this planet being predictively programmed into a flow of of history or something like that. You know, maybe it is out of everyone's control and they just know it 
or something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. But it also brings me to an interesting thought. You made me think of this and this, this is actually pretty spiritually aligned with other traditionals, uh, spiritual thinking is that maybe the fact that the rebellion becomes the totalitarian eventually, maybe that's the only way we all, I don't know, in like some sort of macro sense, understand one another, you know, maybe that's how you walk a mile in someone else's shoes. You find out the roots of the narcissist and what happened to create that. I don't know. Yeah. That's more of a spirit side thing. But, but, you know, they, they, you know, outside of everything kind of getting to experience that understanding, but yeah. um, But, you know, you think about, you think about villains in movies and, you know, Adam driver who played uh, Kylo Ren, you know, the villain in the new movies, he had a really great, great quote. And he's actually an ex military guy. He doesn't do many interviews, but he said that, you know, every, you know, villains, villains see themselves as the hero. Right. And I think, and I think that's, that's important because to your, to your point, you don't really know what that, you know, villain is, is going through. Not that, you know, you may, may care, but at the same time, we, it's about understanding. It's about understanding how people are, where they were, where they are now, where they're, where they're going. Because if you don't have that understanding of, you know, like we talked about earlier about those traits of the, of those people mm-hmm. and, and how they grow from so many different circumstances, you know, well, one thing I mentioned in the book is that, you know, children that grow up in either like a very like physically or sexually abusive environment or kids that are, are just living in like an, like an apathetic environment where they yeah, don't receive emotion. any love. And right. um, yeah, like emotional neurons are not firing yeah. uh, throughout their life. And, and that's, it's very sad. And it makes me very sad me to know that there's people that, that have some, some of that, not saying they all turn out to be terrible people because these things can adapt and, and evolve, but but, but they're playing with a, with half a deck, unfortunately. And those people can be manipulated by these type of um, organizations to, to do terrible things because they uh, they're used to that negativity. Yeah, it's you know, unchecked behavior. It's, it's, it's yeah. the, the narcissist or the victim of the narcissist that doesn't go through the self-discovery process and, and, right. and, and, and unfortunately I think of course that self-discovery, that awakening, whatever you want to call it, that's not a guarantee in life. Right. It doesn't happen to everybody. You can meditate all you want. You can take as many psychedelics as you want. You don't necessarily get that. You don't. Right. I mean, I, I know it's being kind of sold that way in our culture these days, like just get to these other realms and you'll figure it out. You'll get to that spiritual zone or whatever. But I think a lot of people end up chasing it forever or they yeah. don't or they never come to the realization mm. that it even is existent, you know, and yeah. it's real. So they run these horrible cycles forever without ever knowing the potential of getting rid of it. And it is. It's very tragic in that sense. Yeah. Where yeah. awareness, right? So spread more yeah. awareness. Hey, quick, quick rabbit trail. Are you are you sure. into Star Are you into Star Trek at all? Uh, not as much as I would like to be. I know yeah. a lot of some of the lore, but not in anywhere near as much as I, I would love to get more yeah. into like the classic movies and stuff and even watch yeah. generation again. I'm, I'm with you. You know, it's one thing that I've, I've wanted to get into it, but you know, it's one of those like right versus left things or like, you can't like Star Wars and Star Trek, oh, kind of right. but like that's horse shit. Like, but yeah, you know, dude, but the what, wrath of con man. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I really want to, to look into that stuff more. Uh, specifically because, and I kind of want your take since you know probably a little bit more about this than I do, but s- both Star Wars and Star Trek technically have 
like a totalitarian government, right? Because in, in Star Trek, it's technically like a one universe government, isn't it? Like this federation. Yeah, well, I, How does that yeah. work? Well, so it really depends because you have. So in Star Wars, the all the races are so intermingled and you get a little bit of that in Star, Star Trek, at least from my understanding. I am not a Trek guy, so I I could be corrected very fast. But but in my understanding, the uh, different races and species from all over the galaxies aren't as together as they okay. are in star Wars. Uh, you had the Klingons that, you know, hate everybody, but you know, it's a very warlike species and, and they very bad relations. And, you know, the whole idea of the uh, what's, what do they call that? The, the directive, the, the primary directive or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do not uh, interact with other species for the most part, unless they're at least as advanced as you are and everything. Um, it is a different setup for sure, but it is curious that if anything, you're kind of seeing the, the totalitarian government from the protagonist point of view, right? Where you are off right. fucking green women and, and battling lizards <laughs> and stuff. And it's interesting. They turned it into a yeah. hero thing or that's, that's kind of what I heard because... did that before star Wars, I believe. So yeah, because yeah. that's what that's what I heard about about Roddenberry. I heard that he had some type of communistic leanings himself. Ooh. So so like you said, <sighs> making it from a protagonist perspective, like this is a great thing. You know, we're all sharing. We're sh- sharing the galaxy. Right. Together. This is this is awesome. Like nothing <laughs> can go wrong. And but to your point, it's like you when you're looking at it from that point of view, every, you, you're always the good guy. You know, look at mm. America circa 2002, 2003. We were all gung ho, like, yeah, go get those motherfuckers. You know, we, 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 we got to go America. get them. <laughs> right yeah, away, man. America. <laughs> Just like that ultimate sarcasm in that movie was the best analogy for what, yes. what you're talking about. Just America, you know, it's yes. just so over the top. And like, you know, I can talk now about, you know, how war is terrible and all this stuff, but like, I was back. I, I, I'm not going to lie back then. I was like, Oh, go bomb these people back to the stone age. Go do this. Go do that. <laughs> it's because the propaganda was telling me like, that's what I need to do. That's the, that's the American way. That's what we needed to do. But it's like, no, we were the, we were the villain in that, in that story. <laughs> yeah. And you know, history <laughs> will, will tell that it's, it's very, it's, it's sad to, to, to think about that, but I think it's all about understanding where we were and how we can all change. I think all of us you have changed our mentality since then about really understanding what's happening but it's like let's and i think with what's happened in the past few years like let's not let ourselves go down that rabbit hole again mm. and yeah, think that let's, yeah go ahead sorry and that was it just like not just trust that that the government is 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 has our best interest in mind and that yeah what what we do and what we should say should be what they're what they're telling us to do so i think we've kind of learned from that hopefully yeah, like learn from history. Finally, um, it's an old one, and I know it's it's actually kind of the, at least the original is kind of divisive. Uh, Zeitgeist uh, came out, yeah, two thousand five, mm-hmm. I think, two thousand maybe later. But um, Peter Joseph, the the director, uh, love him, hate him, disagree with some of what he says. He was a brilliant. He delivered the information in a brilliant fashion, especially in the second movie, which was called Zeitgeist Addendum. For anybody that hasn't seen it, it's old, but I think at least that second movie, the first half really stands up um, from my perspective, where he takes us all through the 20th century of all these other countries where we were basically 
running game on them the whole time and and you know may, forcing them to outsource and all this and started out with Kermit Roosevelt but he was a card carrying CIA member so we got to stop doing that shit we got to start bringing in some Chase Manhattan people and some some private sector guys and they if they get caught who cares we sell them out we don't care about them right. but so they show this and for a for an audience at our age mid you know we're both mid 30s back then when i saw this and it was just lining up all this right up into something that was relevant to me with Saddam Hussein and the Gulf War and all of this. I started to go, oh, holy shit. He just paints this perfect picture. of, Oh, yeah. Guess what? This ain't just history. This yeah. is happening right before your very eyes. And it's the same thing over and yep. over again. Learn from history. Do you think that we are? able to learn from history this time or would do you think possibly before the holocaust or the you know something horrible like this in history or you know a, a previous reset or something do you think those people were also saying well we're pretty put together we're gonna figure this out beforehand you know we're not gonna repeat history again because we right. remember history right. what do you think it was what do you think uh, yeah, I think I think we I think we want to think that we have that that kind of stuff figured out. And either, you know, like we said earlier, one of two things is that the the, the powers that be are incompetent or they they have a, a, an extra plan B, plan C, plan D for us. That's something that we haven't even considered or, 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 or contemplated. You know, you know, one thing I, I thought of, like a, a crazy thought, you know, is that everybody is is. Everybody, you know, a lot of people that I know, a lot of people in the truth community, et cetera, is very big into, you know, the Second, Second Amendment, right? You know, it's very, very important. Is you can, you can protect yourself, you can protect your land, this and that. For all we know, they have some machine that can make all your guns just disintegrate or all your bullets just implode. You know, so like we all think that we have these solutions, but I think they may already, maybe they're already a step ahead of that stuff. Um, but I think... I think being being hopeful is is the the key to, to all of it, regardless of if in the end we all get wiped out or we're all sent to you know who to, Australia, you know, or, or 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 something, you know. Regardless of, of what ends up happening, I think we need to keep that that positive mindset. And like we've talked about it before, is that we can't get dragged down into the mud to play on their playing field because their their playing field is not on that spiritual emotional plane that we deserve to be on you know we we don't we don't deserve to be to be taken down but we can only be taken down by ourselves right. so i i think um i think to, to your to your question do we kind of have it have it figured out? i think a contingent of us haven't figured out whether that's enough to 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 do anything i i don't know and you've even seen when people have tried to get organized like the anniversary we're about to come up on yeah. You know, it, just for a peaceful event, mm -hmm. they were able to spin that in, in a certain way. So it that was a huge false flag to de-incentivize people to band together. Um, that was a huge, huge blow, I mm -hmm. think, to to possible connectivity that people could have made going going forward. But but I'm all, I'm I'm, I'm eternally hopeful about everything. I always I always feel that there is there is a plan for things that we're all we're all here for a purpose. We're all here for a reason. And that, you know, it's all, it's different for everybody, right? You know, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're doing podcasts now. We weren't doing podcasts, you know, three or four years ago. And, and, and here we are put, putting up, putting this, putting this stuff out here. And it's, and it's awesome. We're meeting awesome people and, and learning and experiencing things and, 
and laughing and, you know, at the absurdity oh, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I just, there, there's an eternal hope that I, I want to have. And I always want to convey. And I think that star Wars conveys as well. And, you know, even in at the end of that prequel era, you know, the novel specifically says, you know, like even in the darkest of night, there are some that dream of dawn, you know? So there's yes. always, there's always another chapter, whether that, like you said, that was, you know, a, a reset, a, a something that we may not really know. Um, I think, I, I think, I think there's hope. Hell yeah, man. I would agree. And I would take it even a weirder step further and say that maybe from a, a, a you know, a, a transcendental point of view, we could say that we look at all of the drama of life, all of the negative and all of the good after all is said and done, maybe someday. And we, we say, well, it was all just like playing a game, you know, maybe, yeah. it, maybe it does turn out that way, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> and, and depending on how people feel about religious spirituality, you know, death is not the finality, right. you know, death is the end of one existence and the beginning of another. So regardless, you know, wherever people stand on that, I think that's kind of a, a universal, a universal fact there. Hell yeah, man. Well, the book is intergalactic totalitarianism. I loved it. And I'm going to be referencing it for a while. I got my little, uh, my little page markers in here and stuff, but uh, you did a great job on it, dude. Congratulations. Thank Thanks again for coming on. And for anybody who hasn't picked it up yet, please pick it up, reach out or you get it through Amazon, right? Yeah. You, you can get it on Amazon. You can get the paperback version. You can get the Kindle version in and currently in, in progress, you know, when the, when this show drops, um, working, really hard on the audiobook version. I know people have been asking me about the audiobook version. I do a podcast. I have to do an audiobook version. Yeah. I can't I can't not do an audiobook. So it's it's I'm taking a lot of time to do it. I'm really um for, for anybody listening, you know, I, I'm doing it just like I do my podcast. I'm adding I'm, I'm doing a lot of editing. I'm doing a lot of uh, background music, sound effects, that kind nice. of stuff. I really I really want to make it like a really really cool experience and because I think I, I think that makes I think that makes it more more fun for the listeners, and also it, it may um, you may not be able to hear some of my audio uh, uh, deficiencies in it as well. So <laughs> by adding a lot of those different other layers in there, but you know I'm, I'm I'm working real hard on that. So follow me on Twitter, Instagram, conspiracy underscore Kyle, um, and I'll I'll let everybody know when that drops. Awesome, man. That's so great. And yeah, you definitely cannot outsource the audiobook. You got to do it yourself as a podcast. No. You know? There's no question at all. So I'm glad you're doing that, dude. That's going to reach a lot of people. And you're right. I listen to a lot of audiobooks and some of them cross the line between a performance and just a reading. And yeah. it really gets the reader involved and it, yeah. it gives that extra dimension back to you that I think you can lose sometimes with uh, audio nonfiction, you know, information. Right. It's <clears throat> sometimes it's harder to retain. So I think that gives it that extra dimension. I, I, you know, I was gonna, I, I kind of uh, played around with the thought of doing like different voices and stuff in there, but like, no, I don't, I don't think like, I don't think people want to hear me trying to do like a, like a Yoda voice or, or like uh, outtakes, or man, outtakes. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll release like the full, like the, the full drama edition. Yeah. That'll be an exclusive. Yeah. Listen to Kyle do his Yoda impression and yell fuck about 17 times. <laughs> yeah, Totally takes away from all the points I was making, but good, good, good fun. <laughs> oh man. This has been awesome, dude. Thanks again for coming back. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed this. And please go pick up Kyle's book, Intergalactic Totalitarianism. Yes. Not in favor. Be, 
not in favor of totalitarianism. Yeah, so, yeah. I, like- I do want to be. I do want to be clear. You know, so on Amazon, <laughs> they give you two categories that you can put the book in. So I had to put it in science fiction, yeah. and then I'm scro- scrolling through, like you know, like like there's like you know philosophy and this kind of stuff, and there's a a, a, a category for totalitarianism and fascism. I'm like, it has to go in there. But yeah. you know, w- when I look through there, I'm like you're one of the best sellers in fascism. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on a second. Let me, let me be a little bit clearer about what I'm doing here. You know, look through, look through the other books there. You'll, you'll see it's like a, a, the fall of Nazi Germany, all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's, uh, it's again, it, it's, I'm true. I'm true Antifa. I'm true Antifa. Yes. Okay? <laughs> all right, man. Awesome. Take care. And everybody, I hope you enjoy this book when you pick it up. Cause it's awesome. All right, everybody take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Cacetaria. Enough, I get the point. You have meddled with the primal forces of <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, well, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>